For Spurs fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Tottenham videos and podcasts, download the free Coys app now from the App Store and Google Play. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Come On You Spurs podcast. My name's Dan Tracy and I'll be your host for the next 45 minutes or so as we talk all things Tottenham. Because win or lose, we'll discuss the news. It's three up top this evening, and that means leading the line from the front around the captain's armband is Carl. So, Carl, I hope all is well, and how have you been this past week? Yeah, really good, Dan. I don't actually know what to say to how you're doing, because it's been, uh, in the world of football and Tottenham itself, it's just been utter chaos, hasn't it, over the last last couple of days. But I guess as good as we can be, um, and looking forward to this one tonight, because it's obviously quite a lot to get into. Absolutely, me too. And that also means we're joined by James again. James, how have you been this past week? Yeah, yeah, uh, the the week's been good. I think the Monday morning has been a little, well, Monday day has been a bit stressful, mate. But yeah, uh, I'm sure we've, we uh, we need to get the niceties out of the way so we can get on with the pod, don't we? Yes, we do. And also joining us tonight is Chris. You may know him on Twitter as Spurs Logic. Chris, you picked a good week to come back into the fold. How are things with you? Yeah, very good. Thank you, Dan. Um, yeah, absolutely mental week to come back to. But like the guys have said, we've got plenty to get into. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Right, let's do it. Before we do, let's get the social media bits out of the way so we can dissect, I guess, the last 24 hours and more in full. As always, don't forget to subscribe to the Common You Spurs app, where the podcast is available each and every Tuesday morning. You can, of course, follow us across social media. We're on Twitter at COIS underscore COM. We're on all the major audio platforms Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, etc. If you're not on one, let me know. I'll sort it for you. And if you listen on Apple, don't forget to leave us a five-star rating. Right, let's get down to business. And that business, Carl, is big business. But we'll get to that later. Because after Friday night's draw at Goodison Park, I was thinking, oh, God, we're going to have to talk about the Dulux dog for five minutes. Thankfully, things have picked up pace since the weekend. And to be honest, did you expect to be without a manager six days away from a cup final? No, I certainly didn't. Um, I think we, when we spoke last Monday, Dan, you know, my, my impression was I, I felt the axe was going to come, but I thought it was going to come at least after the final. You know, I, I honestly felt that, you know, the club were just waiting to see what happened in that final. Um, and if we won it, um, as I sit there and say, by some miracle, we managed to win that final. Um, then I thought maybe it gives them an excuse to give Jose a stay of execution you know, ask for some patience and give him into next season. If it was the defeat that I'm kind of expecting it could be or fearing it could be, then I'd have thought, you know, pretty much straight after Monday, we'd find out that he's gone. So the fact that this has come potentially maybe a week earlier than I'm thinking, I certainly wasn't expecting it before the final at least. But I have to say, you know, when Pochettino was sacked, that there was a little bit of sadness about the whole situation and, and as much as at that point we felt it was the right thing to do there was a little part of you that was gutted um because he you know he he made us likable again and you, you really liked him um whereas i have to say right now sitting here and soon as the news broke today there was no disappointment from me um there there wasn't any feeling of oh no i can't believe we got rid of this guy there was just a sense of, I think it's the right thing to do. I think if you look at the whole situation and the atmosphere surrounding the club right now and the way we're playing, I think you can see that that's a team that's not fighting for a manager. Um, and I think, unfortunately, we knew when he took over, 
we were either hoping he was still the special one and had the magic or unfortunately we was getting the busted flush that um, ended his days at Chelsea and at Man United. And unfortunately we found out, in my opinion, I think it's the latter with Jose. I think his time has come and gone. Um, and now we look to move on and start, no doubt, one of our next five-year projects where we are told to be patient. So, James, as Cole has just referenced, we did talk about Mourinho and the cup final and a potential bloodbath that would then mean that he's shown the exit door. Obviously, that's been accelerated by a week. But why do you think it has been accelerated by a week? Well, I mean, there's, there's obviously a lot of speculation flying around. Um, you know, there's there's obviously the argument that, that Jose might have taken exception to the old uh, European Super League, which is, you know, something that we're obviously going to touch on later. Um, personally, I think even if it is that, he's probably used that as an excuse and that, that has saved his bacon, really, because it means that he, you know, if that is the reason, it means that he's coming out of this with, uh, you know, with quite a lot of support and he's, and he's, and, and there'll be a lot of people saying fair play for, for walking when in reality, he wasn't going to last much longer anyway. Um, so I'd like to think that it was down to performance because, uh, like I said on the pod last week, I'd like for our our chairman to to have shown that 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 was you know the way that we were playing football and the way the results that we were getting were not acceptable. Uh, we want a new manager coming into Tottenham with a with a precedent set that if if this is what the fans are going to experience, then they're not going to survive long as a Tottenham manager. Um, we want to set that precedent. So. Um, I think I think it's 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 probably likely to be a culmination of of the two factors in that uh, Jose wants to kind of keep a little bit of pride. He he doesn't want to be sacked outright cold um, just because of poor results, and so he's probably uh, he's probably jumped or or there's they've they've come to a mutual agreement that that this isn't going to work, and and Jose can can use use the situation with the Super League to to kind of. Uh, keep his nose clean and 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 keep maintain a few a few fans out there. Um, but I, I know the timing for myself. I think it's it's slightly slightly strange. I think if you know the the cup final was the one thing that was keeping Mourinho in a job, uh, in my opinion. Uh, and if we were going to do this, we should have we should have done this weeks ago, so that the, a new boss could have could have had time with with the players to prepare for the cup final. Um, or alternatively, we wait until the 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 massacre that we're all expecting at the weekend, uh, and then sack him. Then, but do you know what? I, this is the hand we've been dealt. Um, I'm 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 glad that it's come. Uh, I, I was obviously we were all a little bit shocked fr- from the what happened last night, um, the news that broke last night, and then this this coming this morning. Uh, I was a little bit numb to it. I thought I'd be celebrating, but I think football has kind of got us all a little bit uh, down in the dumps at the moment. So it's it's hard to celebrate. And, and, and you know, we did have some good times on Jose. So there's, uh, you know, there's you have to you have to respect what he did at the club. We have to respect the decision that, that was made to, to bring him in. We thought he'd be the one to, to bring us a trophy. Uh, and if, if we do win the cup final uh, the weekend... Then technically, I guess he is the one to have brought us a trophy. But weird timing, if you ask me, Dan. So, Chris, let's play devil's advocate here. If Mourinho was to stay on, win the Carabao Cup, does that then make it more difficult for him to be sacked? Because he can point to the fact that, yes, I won that trophy that you've been clamouring for for a decade plus. 
Has Levy thought, I don't want that difficulty in, what, seven days' time? It's better to pull the trigger now? Well, yeah, I think so. In a way, he, he would point to that and say, well, I've delivered what the fans wanted. And, and obviously, we are chasing that silverware. It's something that Pochettino wasn't able to deliver for whatever reason. Um, so, yeah, I think Jose would have used that as a bit of a, a, a stake in the ground just to say I've delivered part of, you know, part of what my remit was. But ultimately, the, the style of football and the way we were playing was just, it's, it's ground the fans down over an extended period of time to a point where, you know, even the most hardcore fan would really struggle to have sat through the Everton game because it it was really poor. It was it was a team that for all their words off the pitch just weren't fighting on it. They were they were looking at each other for support and none of them seemed to have a clue what they were doing. It was it was almost a defeated performance. It's almost as if they, as if they knew their news was coming and they weren't really bothered. And then, of course, we got the news about the Super League coming in, which we'll again mention in a, mi- in a minute. And again, you have to think, what was the thinking there in terms of Daniel Levy looking at, you know, knowing the information that he knew that was going to be announced on, on the weekend? We've got the cup final coming up. Jose could have gone, in my opinion, I think Jose really should have gone after the Zagreb game when we threw away the advantage we had there. So to, to hold on to him to six days before the cup final for me doesn't really make a lot of sense. It's, if you were going to get rid of him, you know, if you weren't going to, well, if you weren't going to use him for the cup final, why would you keep him on this long into the season? Why would you not give you know a new manager a chance to come in and work with the players and yeah, hopefully scrap for <laughs> scrap for the for the trophy, but also to build for the summer because. God knows what's going to happen now with with the Premier League and and all the fallout from this Super League chat. But um, I don't think the sacking has been handled particularly well. It's almost been announced kind of under the radar of the Super League announcement, which has rocked, of course, the whole football world. And and for Spurs fans, this has just kind of been, oh, okay, Jose's also gone as well. It's, It's kind of secondary news, I guess. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, it breaks Monday morning and everyone's like, oh, okay, like, sort of there's a bigger picture that's almost bigger when well, it is bigger than football itself and by the way your manager's been sacked and then we're kind of like oh okay well the timing is the surprise the act perhaps isn't and Carl when you consider his appointment and the salary that he was commanding Mourinho has managed to take us backwards and when you consider that there's nothing really in the way of long term injury there's no real mitigating circumstance that you could say yeah but if we had XYZ we'd be better there's none of that so how on earth has such an outcome come about this season? Yeah, obviously, you know, the the fact of the, the matter is it, it's not, I wouldn't say it's all on Jose, is it? Because I think when we look at it, if you look at the squad and, and this is hard for some people to accept, isn't it? But if you took, if you took Harry Kane out of this squad, it is a rank mid-table side, isn't it? You know, and potentially could even be lower mid-table team, you know, it, if you took him and Son out, then you're talking, you know, and I don't mean this too too bizarrely, but I think you could even be talking a relegation threatened side, quite frankly, given the quality that's in there. And I and I you know, and ultimately some of that basically falls on the ball, doesn't it? You know, poor recruiting. Um, we haven't brought the right players when we should have done. We've spent a lot of money on players that have not fulfilled anywhere near what we're expecting for the money that you've paid for them. Um 
I think, you know, this is what happens when a, a squad goes stale and you have too many players um, sitting around for too long. If we look at the likes of, and, and funny, it's funny to say this because this has probably been one of his better seasons, I think, in terms of the way he's played. But someone like Lamella, that guy should not have still been at the club given his history and his injury record. You know, he should not have been at that club um, as long as he has. Players like Sissoko making 200 appearances, that it, that would he would never have made 200 appearances for a real top top side, um, and and just too many average players. You know, Aurier again at the back. You know, Dyer, Sanchez. Um, the squad just isn't made up of quality, so it, it can't all be on Jose because some of the blame. You know, the players have to take a, a share of the blame as well. I think the thing with Jose though, what you're looking at, which has really been the thing, is the style of football. Now. We've said, haven't we, you never know what goes on, but how many times have we taken the lead and then as a team just sat back and not looked to go forward and kill teams off? Now, the players can come out after the game and say, well, Jonah, Jose didn't tell us to sit back and out. I don't believe that. It happened far too often for it not to be a tactic that was trying to be used, um, get one up and then just try and see the game out. Then you got to blame him for the fact that when he realised and should have realised that actually this team ain't good enough for me to do that. These defenders are not good enough. Um, and with the attacking talent I've got in Kane and Son, I'm better off actually just going for it and try and win games by getting two, three and four goals. Um, that falls on Jose. Some of the players and that are being picked falls on Jose. We discussed the other week, didn't we, Dan, about the fact that you're rotating a back four so often, and does that help? He doesn't seem, didn't it seem to know his best defenders, and you'd like to sit there and think, well, a manager should really have that sussed out, I would say, quite quickly into a season, you know, given the time that you spend with a squad. And then you just got to look at his man management, and, and you can clearly tell that, that is not a squad that's happy. There are a lot of unhappy players, um, players being thrown under the bus, and the modern players don't like that. And I think, you know, Jose's man management is in the past and he, he hasn't moved on and learnt what he needs to do with players. And then you have got a question of fact that this happened at United. Um, and why had, didn't he learn from that, you know, and learn that actually I need to change because, yeah, that doesn't work anymore. I just think when you throw all that in the mix, I think, unfortunately for Jose, we have gone backwards. I think that's down to the fact, like, say, recruitment, the, the the players that he's got at his disposal. But then some of that is down to his tactics and the way that he's kind of, I just think, sucked the life out of this squad, it seems. Um, we don't look like a side that, no, we don't look like we have a game plan each week where, you know, you're looking to say, oh, yeah, we're a side that like to try and keep the ball or we're a pressing side that like to go and you know, harass teams like we did under Poch and win the ball back quickly and counter from that point. It just seemed like there was never a real game plan. And that unfortunately does all fall on the manager. Um, I think his time is done. I, I, I think, you know, football does pass certain managers by at a certain point. And I think this has happened now with Jose. You know, and when people start saying to you, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, but it's a manager who's won more than you've won. Yeah, did though. He had one more than we have. That That's not what's coming now or in the future. You know, that was in the past. So I think ultimately when you look at it, I think Daniel Levy's made the right decision in terms of football. 
But then I think there's a lot more that needs to be looked at at the club. You know, recruitment needs to be massively looked at. And basically, what where where do the club want to go? Do they want to be successful on the pitch? Or as some of us all fear, this is just a money-making machine that as long as we're in the top half of the table, and again, as you know, we'll keep referencing it, but we'll get onto it later. If we suddenly make, you know, the European Super League, well, then the club have put themselves in the right position just to make money. And, and in my opinion, that's probably all that matters to these guys more than anything. James, let me throw some numbers at you. So Mourinho lost 10 games for Tottenham this season. The first time he's ever done that and the season's not even finished. So had he been in charge, it could have been even more. If you take the last, I think it's 12 matches, he's picked up 12 points as a Tottenham manager. That's 18th in the form table. Or is it? No. Yes, it is, yeah. 18th, rubbish. And also, the drop points and winning positions has gone up to 20, which is the joint worst in the league. So you put all those three in the mix and that's a completely damning indictment of our now former manager. Yeah, so so the, num- the numbers speak for themselves, obviously. Um, you know, and, and all of this, all of these bad results, all of, all of what's happened, while having two of the best the best footballers in the Premier League kind of dragging us through the mud as well. You know, you look at the amount of goal contributions between Son and Kane and, you know, th- that alone should be enough to, 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 you know, put us up there with the big boys. Um, but, you know, you look at where we've come from, top of the table, uh, playing with some kind of style um, and it's just become evident that we, it's just become evident that we can't, can't play that kind of way because we haven't got the the defenders to do it. We haven't got the the players that that, that suit the system. Um, I I just hope that you know going forward we we get someone in who's gonna gonna really unlock the potential of of this team. There's a lot of potential in this team, um, and and really just let the shackles off. Let let them play in in the Tottenham mould, which is to you know yes we're one 0 up, but let's go two 0 up, three 0 up, uh, and I think that'll suit this group of players a lot better. Um, but yeah, in, in terms of Mourinho and, and his numbers, it's it, it makes a you know a, a sorry showing. You know, the, the, everyone had quite a lot of hope. There was there was a point where we were we were soaring. You know, you think about the Man City game, uh, the Arsenal game. It looked like the the, the old tactics would would work, but uh, it, yeah, it, I just think it, it was never never really a good fit. You know, we. Tottenham Hotspur, we play with style, we play with passion, we play with flair. Uh, and that isn't necessarily a Jose Mourinho team. It's all about efficiency. Um, but like, you know, you can see how a change in management, a change in style, uh, and really just helping a team to play with some kind of identity will will help a team. Look at Tuchel at, at, at Chelsea. You know, he has a, a way of playing football that he's implemented uh, and they're and they're, and they're reaping the benefits of it. So hopefully someone could come into Tottenham, uh, and 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 very much a similar thing could happen. So Chris, it's obviously no secret that Mourinho likes a scapegoat at Tottenham. It was Deli Ali. With this managerial departure, does that give him the chance to rejuvenate his career, or is this going to be more down to the player himself actually wanting to bounce back? Because if you look at him, you could question his, shall we say, footballing aptitude over the past couple of years. So is that innate desire still there? Well, I think it's a, a huge opportunity for Delhi to reignite his career because under Jose, it, it's been very, very patchy. And ultimately, he's 
fallen by the wayside really he's he's almost considered just this prize asset that sat on the sidelines and, and we're waiting for someone to come in with a massive bid for him and, and we'll wave goodbye to him quite happily but for me he's he's a bit of an enigma because he's obviously come through the the kind of lower leagues to Tottenham he's he's had a lot of success very early in his career he he almost didn't really have to it felt effortless he didn't really have to try to you know he got he got signed by Tottenham and then he started to perform really well got into the first team suddenly he's playing for England he's starring in the role just off of Kane for club and country and you're thinking this guy you know he was 22 21 22 this guy's got the world at his feet he can he can play for England for the next 10 years he can take us to to trophies both for Tottenham and for England and I don't know what happened I don't know where it's something you know off the field with him a mentality thing someone's got in his ear and, and given him some bad advice but he's just not looked the same player for a long long time and and Jose tried the sort of tough love approach and and cast him aside and and I guess tried to fire him up in that sense and, and get him to look at his own performances and critique himself and and try and bring the desire back that way and that hasn't really worked so I think Delhi will be one of the happiest players in the club to see the back of Jose because I think it gives him a, a route back into the first team that wasn't there previously. I think it's a long way back for him because I think a lot of fans as well have, have given him kind of the benefit of the doubt that he's this young lad and he needs an arm around him. He needs a kind of Pochettino approach where he, he thrives in that kind of family unity and, and feeling loved and wanted, whereas, which he hasn't had for a long time. So I think there is potential for him to come back to some level, whether or not he gets back to this kind of world-class top level where he's back in the England team driving us forward in that sense. I don't know. I don't know if that player is still there. I don't know if the desire is still there for Delhi, But we'll, we will see. I think it depends a lot on who comes in um, and follows Jose. Yeah, of course. It's all about the appointment. And to be honest, we don't really have time to look into our crystal ball and decide or put a shopping list together of who that next manager is. Because if you thought the departure of a manager was big news, we've got something even bigger to talk about. And that, as we've mentioned, is the formation of a European Super League. Now, nothing is confirmed in terms of fixtures yet. I know there's a format, but it's not set in stone. So, for the purpose of this show, let's assume that the greenest of green lights has been shown on the plans and it's go. Which means, Cole, if such a thing is genuinely go... Is this the moment where your long love affair with Tottenham comes to an end? No, I don't think so, Dan. Um, and, you know, I think those who have, are kind of coming out at the moment and basically saying, that's it, that's me done with football, that's me done with Tottenham. Um, I, I would seriously ask the question that, you know, as you say, match day one, Tottenham-Barcelona, Tottenham-Real Madrid or Tottenham-PSG, those fans are tuning in and watching because unfortunately, and this is what the clubs are basically relying on, is the fact that most of us are too invested to be able to just literally drop everything and say, no, that's it. Not for me anymore. You know, like for me, I'm, I, I'm all I'm going to do now is go and watch my local side. Chesham play. Spurs are dead to me. It's not going to happen. And the clubs know this. And this is what the clubs are basically going to take advantage of in this situation. Most of us who've supported the club all our life, and as we say, some of us don't have a choice in who we support. You know, it, it's come down the family. We, You cannot just switch that off just because suddenly Spurs are playing in what is effectively another you know, glorified Champions League. Because if we look at the format the way supposedly 
so far we think it's being done is that we'll still be in the Premier League. Um, so we'll still be playing in the Premier League. This Super League will be mid- midweek matches. So effectively, it, it's going to be... And if you look at the future Champions League format, it's the same thing, basically. Um, it, it's basically the same thing as what the Champions League want to do. More clubs. Um, certain clubs will basically get the benefit of being in this full time and they won't have to worry about the fact that if they're not in the top four, they won't make it. Because what they're basically trying to do is make sure the money clubs like Man United are always in there because they'll attract revenue. Um, so I don't think anyone's going to suddenly down tools and not start following the club anymore because I think, like I say, we're just all too invested in it right now. Um we might not like it. It might not be perfect. But as I've said today, I think, unfortunately, although we don't like the way the game's going and this wouldn't be great, I'm much happier to be looking out the window than being one of those clubs that potentially needs to be trying to look in and want some of some of what's inside the house. So it's not great, but I wouldn't stop watching Spurs. The one thing I think we would have to make sure we do and this, again, this is where it'll all fall down because fans can't do this. You know as well as I do, there'll be a special um, Super League kit that'll be brought out, which will be, this is the kit we'll be wearing in our Super League games, merchandise around it, subscriptions. And unfortunately, the only way you'll hit clubs if they want to do that is by not buying those subscriptions to watch those games, not buying anything like the, the, you know, the Super League home kit, it won't happen. And the clubs know this, unfortunately. Um, and, I, you know, I, I think this will, you know, this might not happen right now. It might be enough stuff in the way to kind of block it or hold it up. But this is coming. Um, and we just have to try and hope that some sort of compromise gets done where, you know, the, the domestic game isn't affected in too big a way that it, it possibly could be given the way this seems to be going. So, James, obviously you're not as senior as Carl, but your love for the club is just as strong. How does this all sit with you? Are you questioning any future support of the Lilywhites? So, I I was thinking exactly what Carl you know, mentioned there, and I thought it was going to be a little bit controversial, but it seems to be quite a lot of people um, kind of understand. You know, I... It's it's. But first of all, let me get this straight. It's absolutely ridiculous and it's disgraceful that it's come to this and it's greedy and it it, it just it it doesn't sit well with me at all. Um, but if it's something that has to happen, then I'm much happier Tottenham being in it than out of it. So, you know, it's a it's a weird situation to be in, and and the only thing that I can I can describe that was similar to it was the last days of Pochettino at Tottenham, um, in which our alternative was Jose Mourinho, and I, you know, it's it's much the same thing. I don't like Mourinho. I don't like his style. I don't like uh, I don't like him as a manager, and I I didn't think he was a good fit. But if Pochettino had to be sacked. And if Pochettino was sacked, then that would be, you know, Jose Mourinho would have been the choice. It's like, you know, if these, if the, if the domino falls, then the second domino to fall needs to be that one. And you know, in that case, 
it had to be Jose Mourinho. In this case, if it is decided that something is going to happen uh, and you know these these clubs are going to break away and there is going to be a U- European Super League and it is going to be abhorrent and it is going to go against everything you want uh, as a football fan. But blimey, you'd rather be in it than out of it because there's so many teams that are going to struggle off the back of this and... You know, if you, you, your Leicesters and your your West Ham's and your Everton's and your Villas are are all, you know, j- jumping on this bandwagon, obviously um, of of how you know how bad this is. But there is part of them, especially their chairman and, and the people who run the club, who are thinking we would love to be a part of that, um, and it because it's going to leave them high and dry. Um, but look, let let me get one thing straight. I I'm not for it at all. I you know I I love I love Tottenham uh, and nothing will ever change that. But I will be I am already am ashamed of uh, of the, the the people who have who have agreed to this. Um, whether it stopped me uh, supporting Tottenham, Carl touched on it there. It's, it's me me being a Tottenham fan is not through choice. Um, Trust me, if if I could stop being a Tottenham fan, I'd bloody love to. <laughs> but I I just can't. It's it's not something I, I you know I'm I'm built to do. Um, it'd save us all a lot of stress, a lot of hassle, a lot of money. But it's it's a lifelong affliction. And 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 if they do something stupid like they've done, then look, I, I, I'm not gonna. I, I can't. I can't phys- physically do it. I wouldn't be able to physically do it. But this this in itself is is the issue, uh, and this is what's been running around my head all day. Is that is that that this is why decisions like this can be made, and this is why chairmen do this. This is why owners do this. It's because the players will leave, the the stadiums will change, uh, the kits will change, everything will change. The managers, as we've seen, will change. But the one thing that they they don't need to think about because it's an ever-present and it's a reliant is the fans the fans would always be there the fans will no matter how much they moan they they will be there they will pay the money they'll put bombs on seats and th- you know that means that i personally am part of the problem and you know, uh, you know i i am part of the problem because no matter how much i hate the the competition we're playing in how much i hate the manager how much I hate the, the players. I'll, I'll pay the money and I'll sit on that seat and I will, I'll support the club to the day I die. And so, it just shows what these people are like. You know, these these chairmen, these these directors. We are very, very far down on their list of priorities, and that's simply because they haven't got to worry about us. We're not going anywhere, and that's because it's it's in our blood, it's in our families, and and it's something that that you you know you can never change. Uh, and that's why the bastards get away with what they do. Chris, obviously some mental gymnastics there. Are you going through the same dilemma as we kind of touched on that if you're invited to this party, it's better to be given an invite than being outside knocking on the door. So what's your stance? I, th- I agree with a lot of what the guys have said, to be honest. I think the clubs involved know exactly what they're doing. They know that fans are a captive audience that there isn't really an option if the club decides to do one thing or another these you know 
Tottenham is ingrained in people's families, it's ingrained in people's friendships, it's at work, it's at school, it's everywhere in your life. If, if you're a true fan, you, you carry it with you every day. So to, to, to put fans in a position where you have to cut that out of your life completely because you don't agree with what the club is doing, or you become, almost as James said, you become part of the problem by paying your money and, and being part of that audience, I think that's just disgraceful, really. So I do feel as though the, the, the concept I'm not opposed to in, in, in terms of a, a Super League competition. I'm not at all agreeing with the no relegation, the changing of the pyramid and all that kind of thing and, and how the money trickles down to the lower leagues. I think that's a really uh, positive thing for the Premier League. I do think the Champions League is, is something that for a while has needed a bit of a refresh purely because it generally is the same teams competing and, and you want to get that kind of distribution of money more evenly across the teams and, and back into the individual leagues. And I, I don't think this idea of a Super League is the way to do that. And I think, as you've seen with the outrage, that having teams that can't get relegated in a competition is just absolutely terrible. It's, it's clueless, really. But I do think it. I don't think it will happen now. I, th I think they'll try, but I don't think it will happen now. But I do think there's this kind of revolution coming within football, where it it almost it needs to catch up with the rest of the world because the world has moved on now to things like Netflix and these kind of subscription-based services as we've seen with Amazon. Where if I'm if I'm paying for my Sky subscription every month, however many hundreds of pounds, whatever that is. There are certain games I don't care about and I'm still paying for them. And I think there's the fact that I can't pick and choose the games I want to watch is kind of outdated now. So I do think that, that there is a revolution coming in, in for the fans in the sense that the way the game is delivered to them is going to change. Whether that's within the Premier League, I think that's what the clubs are trying to maximise and that's what they're trying to capitalise on. They're trying to squeeze every last penny out of every last fan because there's no escape for the fans. The, the, as, as James said, the players and coaches will come and go. The stadium and all its attractions will be there. The, the walk, the, the shop, everything, the, the, um, the climbing wall or whatever it is I think I've seen the other day. That's, all, that, you know, that's always going to be there um, to, to bring clubs different revenue streams. And this is just another one where they're trying to get another another fish on the hook and and try and bring in that extra revenue and and the guarantee of not ever being relegated or removed from this system i i feel as though daniel levy's probably seen this come across his desk and thought well if everyone else is doing it and we've got an invite i can't turn that kind of money down you know exactly what he his you know his 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 eyes must have lit up when he saw the amount of money coming in every year and for how many years it's for. So, yeah, I, I think the whole concept is is something that I don't think will go away because I think there will always be people pushing for a, a competition that pits the best against the best. And that's not something you say every week for the Premier League. But I don't think it's going to be in this current guise. It's just too divisive. It's it's turning its back on the fans when fans really should be at the forefront of the kind of decision making and and yeah I just think it's a bit too soon for this kind of concept Okay then Carl let's say that 
fan power, well actually it wouldn't really be fan power, but it'd probably be more government pressure, puts a stop to this. Spurs then have to come back into the English football fold with their tails between their legs. Is the damage already done between the club and the fans? Because you've seen a lot of people saying, you know, I'm done, shame on you Spurs official. But that's in the mindset that this European Super League actually gets going. If it doesn't get going, is it kind of forgotten about and go, okay, then we get get back to August and the first ball of the season's kicked and everyone's looking forward to Premier League season again? Yeah, I, I, to be honest, like I say, Dan, I don't think it, it matters even if this Super League goes ahead because, like as we say, at the moment in the current suggestion that's been put forward is this becomes a midweek competition, doesn't it? So Spurs will still be in the Premier League. Um, now, how seriously those clubs then take the Premier League given if this Super League was going, I just don't think, like I say, it's... It's in there. You know, I've had doctors try and tell me to cut Spurs out of my life and my health, Dan. Um, and, and it hasn't worked, you know, unfortunately. It, it's in there. It's in the blood. It's, it's, in the, it's in your family, as the guy said. You know, this has come down from my dad. Who it come down from his dad before him. Whatever happens, the first day that Spurs are playing their first official match of whatever season in whatever guise it is, I can... 100% guarantee you that all those people saying they won't be following Spurs this season will be tuning in an hour before the game. They'll be going mental at the team selection that's been put out by whatever manager's in charge. And they'll be sitting through the 90 minutes, you know, with a cushion in front of their face for most of it and still then going on Twitter to vent about the performance after that because it's in there. The, the, you're hooked. You know, it, football and supporting your club is probably the biggest drug out there um, because no matter what you try to do to kick it, you just can't. How many weeks this season have we seen in the performance and you go, that's it, I'm done with this team. I can't sit through another week of that. But then come Wednesday, you know, kick-off time, you're there ready, putting yourself through the mill again. And you'll do that until the day, unfortunately, that, you know, until you take your last breath, because it, you know, that is what football means to people when you're a real true supporter. Um, some of the, you know, some of the, I'm not going to say the younger generation of supporters, uh, but I feel the, you know, some of the younger generation might be able to switch off because they, they, they might feel more freely to kind of fleet about between sides. Um, but a lot of the hardcore older generation, you know, we've been too long now. You know, it's there, unfortunately. Like I say, no matter how many times I've tried to sit there and think, that's it, you know, this club have wound me up too much. I'm not going again, that's it. I'm still back there when it's match day because that, that's, what, that's what I know. And I think a lot of people are very reactionary at the moment saying, that's it, they're done. They're never going to watch the club again. And that's it. If this goes off, they're done with Tottenham. It won't be the case, unfortunately. Well, actually, I should give my view on this, actually, because I hate the concept. I think anything that goes away from natural promotion and relegation is the death of football as we know it. Unfortunately, change is coming. You can't stop it. You know, there is too much money floating about. And as we've all come to the conclusion that you want to be in that select group rather than outside it. Imagine if we were, I don't know, Aston Villa, Everton, Leicester. You'd be crying at the moment, thinking as a sort of, an entity we're kind of done for. What have we got to play for? So we're a bit hypocritical saying, oh, we don't like it, but we're in it. And you're absolutely right. 
you're going to watch it all. You know, I'm addicted to football. I make no shame about that. I absolutely love it. And I try and think of a life without it. And I think I'd have so much more time. I'd do other things I'd love to do that I never get around to doing. But I always come back to football because I just, you know, well, it's my job. You know, I write about football. I do a lot of football work. I can't really switch off from that from a financial point of view. I've walked away from a steady job to go down this freelance route and I've put loads of time and hours into it. I can't just fold the book and go, well, that's a waste of five years. And more importantly, I love my club. You know, I can't walk away from just watching it. What would you do at your weekend? You know, there'd be a massive void in your life. You could be a floating supporter who just watches football, but you watch football during lockdown. You know, no fans. It's just kind of there. It's noise. It's kind of in your eyes, but you're not really taking it in. It's only really Spurs where you get that connection. So, you know, it's kind of like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Whether this actual vehicle goes ahead, I don't think it will because I think it's more leverage against UEFA. You know, their plans have gone through. I think it's a case of, right... UEFA will win by method of least worst. Like, no one really likes the Champions League plans, but everyone hates this one. And then they'll try and sort of come to compromise, and everyone will go, actually, those Champions League plans weren't that bad in the end. I think that's the route we'll eventually go down to, and everyone will sort of not forget this because it'll always be a lingering threat. But as you say, Carl, come sort of August, if this deterrent is pushed away, then we'll just be talking about another Premier League season. So, with that in mind, James, Enoch have obviously never really made a secret of them being a vehicle which is profit over anything, you know, at the pursuit of money, it's that against trophies. Now we're really seeing their true colours, if, you know, if this, if they were never a secret in the first place. But for those people who are fans of Enoch, do you reckon they have had their heads turned and thought, actually, these aren't quite the people I liked back, you know, a week or even a day or so ago? Have those heads been turned? Me included, Dan. Um... I, I, I'm, I'm not the, you know, the, the most Enoch out person in the world. I'm not the most Enoch in pe- people in the world. I, I can see the positives of, uh, of where we've come from since, uh, since Enoch took over the club. I think there's been an awful lot of, uh, of positives. Um, but, you know, this, this has been enough to, to make me part of that Enoch out crew. I, 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 you know. Every every team in our position, when we were selling our best players, every team in our position was selling their, their best players. You know, it, it it just happened. You know, you, you lose your best players to, to the bigger clubs. That's how it works, and it's how it worked for years. Um, and and we, you know, we as a with a you know uh, as a but you know mid to below table um, team with a small stadium. Um, you know, we we probably needed to sell those players to to get where we are today. Um, but every you know every team went through that, and to me, I just this is completely different. Um, you know, I, I I didn't I didn't wade into the old, the Stratford argument when when that came in. I, I kind of kept I didn't really have much of an opinion on it. Um, obviously, I wanted Tottenham to stay put, but you know, this is this again is completely different. I. I now do see what other people see when it comes to to Enoch, um, but let let me stress again: it's not just Tottenham, it's not just Enoch. This is chairman uh, and and directors and boards at, at every big club. It, and again, it comes down to what we spoke about: it's it's the fans that are that are last on their list. Um, it's all about lining pockets. It's all about maintaining profits. It's it is profit before glory, and and it you know it's it, something needs to change. Whether something will change, 
you know, everyone's looking at the the American teams and the American franchises that, uh, yeah, and and that's the model that that, that they want to copy here. Um, but what they don't realise is that the you know this is part and parcel of the of the country. It's it, it's almost what holds this country together. Um, and people and their football teams have have a different relationship to to anything in the world, um, especially here in England. So. I I am one of those people, Dan. I have I have been, you know, turned from someone who who saw the positives of Enoch and and everything that they did do that that maybe pissed a few people off. I saw I saw the the reason in why they were doing it. Um, but now I, I can't see I can't see past this one. There's no there's no way that they took and anybody into into consideration. Not just the fans because the fans have been completely taken out of the equation but the the rest of english football uh the, the heritage of english football the heritage of this country has been completely ignored and i i, I i'm struggling to see how they thought this would go down did they think that this would be you know a, a, a lauded as a great move uh, and and everyone really on board with it it was always going to be controversial and it was always going to really, really upset people because people are emotional when it comes to their football teams. Um, but yeah, that, 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 that's it for me. I think I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm well and truly part of the, the Enoch out crew, but I think they're, they're so far ingrained in this football club and, and I, I just can't see anything changing uh, in terms of Enoch going forward, um, which is slightly depressing. Well, if this does come to fruition as a Super League, why would they leave? Because if you're considering the figures of what, 3.5 billion split between 12, 15 clubs, it's absolutely eye-watering. And Chris, we know Enix' MO, as we say, profit over glory. When you've got that much money and there's no relegation, where's the incentive to plough money into the team? There's no trapdoor relegation. Surely that just increases the potential malaise in terms of lack of spending. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was one of the main criticisms of the whole thing was that it, it kind of made the whole football pyramid feel pointless and t- it was almost as if games were completed to just tick a box and say, you know, the fans will be entertained by this fixture because it's two big clubs. They're not particularly fighting for anything, any any trophies or any you know recognition in the history books. They're just two massive clubs with massive fan bases that are paying X amount of money to to watch them kind of compete, I guess you can say compete, but it's not really competing because there's no competition. So, yeah, I think it, when you when you think of the fact that there's going to be X amount of money just given to these clubs that are already substantially ahead of the competition, it just doesn't make any sense. I, the, the lack of relegation from the Super League, just it, it's, it is a monopoly. It's creating a monopoly for these clubs just to to milk the system and, and milk the fans for every penny that they can get out of them. Um, and l- as you've mentioned, the clubs that haven't made the cut, such as you know Leicester, who were in third, I think, in the Premier League. Yeah. West Ham, who are having one of their best seasons ever, which is quite frustrating to watch. But you know they they are competing and trying their damnedest to get into a, a European competition because there are rewards for the players, the fans, and obviously the club. If you take all of that away. It's football just loses its heart, it loses its soul. It's, it just becomes 
pointless really and and it would just be a money a money making machine for the people sat at the very top so I th- the the Champions League side of it, I think, will be refreshed. And like you've said, the, it's it's just the least worst agreement. <laughs> so, I th- again, there's there's issues with that one. Um, but just pumping money into a, a a selection of clubs based on a certain period in time that they kind of did well in. I mean, particularly for Spurs, I don't know how we've made the cut when you look at all the kind of trophies that are being bandied around. And, and the accolades, but it's just crazy. It's really crazy, and it, and it just creates an even bigger divide. Well, I guess when you say, how on earth are we in the European Super League, timing, to a certain degree, just a good run of Premier League finishes, obviously a Champions League runners-up in 2019, but if you hate Levy, you must have to give him an element of begrudging respect for getting that invite. You know, I'm no Levy apologist, but you have to sort of I guess tip your hat a little bit to think, well, he's done awfully well there because that invite could have gone to much more favourable candidates across Europe. I know people, and us included, have a view that Tottenham is a big club, but whether we're an elite big club is an argument for a different show. So, you know, like as we sort of come to the conclusion again, you know, at least we're in that mix. Whether we really want to be in the mix as supporters, arguably not. But the timing of it is weird because the Premier League season's not even finished. There's, what, six games to go. There's a game on Wednesday which we haven't even got time to cover because we've got a Carabao Cup final on Sunday. Now, Cole, it's Mason and Powell, not the management duo we expected to go to Wembley, but it is what it is. There's no pressure on them. Surely something amazing is not going to happen on Sunday, or is it? It sounded like a new Sky um, <laughs> cop show, Mason I'd, and Powell. I'd watch that. Yeah. I would definitely watch that. <laughs> <laughs> they might get more luck by trying to do one of those. Um, you, like as you say, they're in a no-lose situation, aren't they, Dan? They could get a new manager bounce and, you know, play Bow and Delhi, and all of a sudden, you know, you get this bounce. And for one game, and, you know, even if it was just one game only, what a game it would be if they could get a bounce like that and suddenly pull off, you know, a miracle and win this cup final on Sunday for us. Um They'll go down in folklore, wouldn't they, forever, you know. Um, it's a real hard one, isn't it? You know, you, you still kind of think that, I, in my opinion, and no matter what we do, um, I just can't see us managing to get a result over the line, especially given the result this weekend where Chelsea go and knock them out of the FA Cup. Talk about just give them a wake-up call and a little bit more incentive to go out and get that trophy over the line on Sunday as well. Um but you never know. This is football we're talking about. And, and when you consider what's gone on in the last few days, um, you, you wouldn't write anything out, would you? You know, we could show up and put on a display uh, and suddenly pull off the great result. You know, Wigan were able to do it, so why can't we? Um, I'm not confident. I think, I think the one thing that this will allow us to do and go into the final, hopefully feeling a bit more confident about, is that we won't go into it, if you like, being scared. We won't go into it trying to just play this formation of, well, let's just make sure we don't get beat too heavily. Let's sit back, defend. We probably won't have what we think could be our best players on the pitch because the manager's deciding he just wants to go defensive and we're putting you know, the blockers and stoppers out there. Um, so I think that's the one, the only good thing now that's going to come. We can go in knowing we might go in and just go for it and attack them. 
and say, well, yeah, let, let's try and do what we can do against them. I guess the one thing we're still waiting on, isn't we, is the Harry Kane news, because that will be a massive decider for us because, you know, it's slim anyway. But I think if we go into that final without Harry playing, then I, I honestly don't think, I, you know, I can't see any way that we pull it off um, without that man on the pitch. But if he's fit, who knows? But at least I feel confident we'll go and give it a go now rather than tamely sitting back and just, just waiting for the inevitable to happen. Now, James, in a final, really, your odds should be 50-50, a flip of a coin as to who wins. But, you know, there's always a favourite, there's always an underdog. When Jose Mourinho's in charge Sunday, you're probably looking at that split to be nearer, I don't know, 65-35 in City's favour. Do you think the scales have tipped back ever so slightly now that Mason and Powell, the cop duo, are going to be in charge? I wouldn't say 50-50, but as Carl says, it's kind of, there is nothing to lose Let's just go for it. And if we do get pumped, if it's a bloodbath with those two in charge, it's not as bad as a bloodbath with Marino in charge. So what do you reckon is going to happen on Sunday? Yeah, I think it, it, we're hoping that we get that kind of new manager kind of bounce, don't we? Like, you know, the, all the players uh, are happy that, that Jose is out. They're, they're happy that they can they can play football with their heads up and they can, uh, yeah, they can hopefully play with a bit of attacking flair and, and, and yeah, but my only worry is that is that you know this was almost the perfect game for for Mourinho. Um, as someone who has been very vocally Jose out and very happy that he's out of the club, this doesn't even make sense to me. Um, I, I I disagree with what you said, Dan. I think we we um, we actually would have had more of a chance, you know, odds wise with with Jose in charge, just because. This Man City team is very, very special, and we are going to need to to be at the top of our game defensively, uh, and we are going to need to try and hit them on the counter attack. So, um, you know, this isn't this probably isn't going to be the game where we see, um, you know, Ryan Mason and, and Chris Powell's beautiful attacking Tottenham. This this isn't going to be it because, you know, like I said earlier, we're Tottenham. We like to go one nil up, two nil up, three nil up. That's this is not the game for that. This is this is probably one where, well, you'd think that we would we would be kind of backs to the wall, very Mourinho style. Um, I hope I'm proven wrong. I really do hope I'm proven wrong because, you know, I think everyone needs this right now. Man City have, have got a lot of a lot to look forward to. They've got the Premier League trophy to lift. Um, they've got you know the potential of a Champions League final. Um, I, I hope you know. I hope we, we need this one. We we need this one badly, and it would be you know great to see Ryan Mason, a, a young proper Tottenham lad. Um, you know, obviously had that horrible horrible injury that 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 took him out of the game, uh, and then back at his his, his boyhood boyhood club, um, helping us to a trophy. I think it'd be a great great story, um, and we all know that the players deserve it. You know, Harry Kane, uh, Sonny, the, the likes of of which definitely deserved some kind of silverware in their cabinet and it'd get that that kind of monkey off our back. Um, but but for me, I, I'm not holding out too much hope. I just hope that we we make a good account of ourselves. That that will be that would be enough for me. I hope it's not stupid individual errors that, that let us down. It's not lack of effort. It's it will be a real gutsy performance from Tottenham 
Uh, and whether we win or not, I just hope that, that we, we leave everything on the pitch because let's face it, this this is probably the last thing that we've got to fight for this season. Um, this is the, our last chance at, at, at silverware. And, uh, you know, if if Europe is, is slipping away like it, it, it feels like it is, then this is this is all we've got left to play for, and and we you know we haven't been this close for a while. We're, we're not going to be this close for a while if, if if things are going to go the way they're going. So we need to make the most of this performance, and and all I as I say, all I hope is that we we really do just play for the shirt and uh, and and try and scrape something out. Chris, final question for you before the predictions. Obviously, with Mourinho, there's been a lot of defensive combination bingo. This starts again at the weekend under new management. Which centre-backs do they pick for Wembley? <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, that's a really good question because... Yeah. I would, <laughs> the least worst said, again. Like. Yeah, it's, this is tricky, isn't it? Because you're thinking, yeah, I, I think Jose would have just rolled you know, rolled the dice, put all the names in a hat again and, and seen what he can muddle together. Um it's it's tough because we know the Man City are going to have all the ball. There's going to be immense pressure on whoever he picks. And if we're being brutally honest, they all kind of are pretty much woefully out of form. There's not really a defender you look at and go, he's he's the star of the show. With the exception, I guess, of Joe Roden, which is just sums up our season, I think, that the best defender we have at the moment is a guy we plucked from the championship as just before the transfer window closed and the season was already underway. So I think it, it's tricky to say who who will go with. I, I imagine it will be a, sh- a team that's kind of shaken up. And as the guys have mentioned, if Kane isn't fit, it's, you know, it could mean we've got to play a slightly different way. We could go with five defenders quite plausibly because let's be honest, we're not going to have a lot of the ball and, and we're going to need to move things quickly up the pitch. So, yeah, it's tricky to say. I think I do think he'll probably go back to kind of tried and tested, cooler, calmer heads. So I'm thinking, rode on an older viral probably in the middle, because pace is is less <laughs> pace is less of a, a demand when you're kind of camped on the edge of your own penalty area. Um, and then yeah, the rest of it kind of is a lottery. You'd imagine it would be regular on an Aurea down uh, down the flanks, but who knows? Who knows? He might have a, a trick up his sleeve. I wonder if one of those tricks is Gareth Bale starting if Harry Kane's injured in a central forward role. We haven't really got time to dissect that, but stranger things have happened, and an even stranger thing might be the Welshman getting the winning goal. However, it is prediction time before we wrap up for tonight. Chris, I'll go back to you. What is the score going to be at Wembley on Sunday? I will go with... I'm going to be really optimistic because I feel like it's kind of written in the stars for Mason just to swoop in, save the day, <laughs> and just be this kind of cult hero. So I'm going to say 2-1 Spurs. Lovely stuff. James, what about yourself, mate? Oh, why did you have to say 2-1 Spurs? Because oh, that makes me think that I, I can't go against just, them. Just be honest, mate. There's, there's no wrong answers. Just what do you think it will be? All right, you, you don't want me to be honest, all right? So <laughs> so uh, I'm going to go... Yeah, go on. Let's, let's go. Let's go 2-1 Spurs as well. Come on, Tottenham. Okay, okay. Carl, are you towing the company line? What have you got for me? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be really optimistic then. I'm going to go four-one Man City, but we will at least score. <laughs> uh, you know, so that, that's. Uh, I'm being really optimistic. No, we were being. We'll we were one. trying to be optimistic. Let's <laughs> t- change your answer. 
I can't. I'd love to see us nick it, but I honestly can't see us. I, I think we'll score. I definitely think we'll score, especially if Kane's playing. I think we will score, but I, I you know, my heart wants us to win it for for all I can. But my head's saying three to four, one City. I reckon it's going to be one all, and we lose on pens. I reckon it's going to be that much heartbreak. So unfortunately, not a nice note to end it on. But it's been a fantastic show. So many topics we didn't even get to talk about. We didn't even talk about Everton two, Tottenham two. But it's been one of those weeks. It's been the maddest week in football ever. So. European Super League managers, they're going to crop up over the next few weeks before the end of the season, so don't worry, there's plenty of more in that tank. But before we wrap up, I need to do the admin and thank my three Pod Squad members for their fantastic efforts this evening. Chris, a top performance tonight, mate. I hope you enjoyed that one. No problem, Dan. Thank you for having me back on. Hopefully, uh, we'll chat again when we have a trophy in the bag. Well, yes, fingers crossed. James, <laughs> a sterling return to form this evening. Thanks for joining me once more. Yeah, thanks very much, Dan. Hopefully everyone listening can at least enjoy Sunday for what it is, uh, including you three fellas. But lovely to chat to you again, guys. Nice one. Cheers, mate. Yes, of course, it is a cup final. So I know it's been a mad week, but do try and enjoy it. Get involved in the build-up and all that. And Carl, on that note, thanks for running the channels this evening around the captain's armband. I hope you'll be with me on Monday to talk about a potential trophy win. I will, mate, definitely. And and let's hope it is that, that trophy win. Um, we're due one so like you say though just just try to enjoy it for, for what it is enjoy the day they don't you know not everyone can get into a final so we should kind of soak it up um, and like I say you never know Wigan probably didn't think they had a chance when they got City um, so you never know let's that, that, keep going and, and come on you Spurs absolutely with that said it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy and from all of us come on you Spurs For Spurs fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Tottenham videos and podcasts, download the free Coys app now from the App Store and Google Play.